fucking cheers, motherfuckers. Yeah, there it is. I was waiting for somebody else to jump in there. Yeah, still like that new intro. Yeah, mm. cheers. That the intro is pretty badass. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Dead, I'm gonna have to pull some videos out uh, so I can be, get your screen time. Maybe featured in there just a little bit, John. Uh, I got a lot of a lot of videos of myself, so uh, I'll bet. <laughs> maybe not the ones you want to see. Hey guys, welcome to the Grabbing the Brisket uh, Barbecue Podcast. Uh, it's a podcast where we get together, we talk uh, everything about barbecue and beer uh, and everything in between. So we thank you and we welcome you into the podcast. Mm-hmm. What is in between barbecue and beer? Literally everything else. Everything else is in All between those two? Things, okay. Yeah. I just yeah. want to make sure I was on the same page here. I love that. Everything barbecue and everything not barbecue. Okay, so hey, today we got a uh, wonderful interview, uh, uh, a returnee, a uh, friend of the show, friend of, sh- friend of the podcast. We mm-hmm. got Doug Shiding with uh, Rogue Cookers. He's going to step back in with us. I don't know why we keep sending invites out to him, and he keeps graciously graciously accepting, and it's awesome because he's a badass dude and super knowledgeable about barbecue and the uh, the sport of competition barbecue and just all around, yeah. and rocket science and aero um, dynamic type stuff. Uh and I got a few things that I have planned out today. I really didn't do it on purpose. It's just kind of stuff that kind of just happened today. But it does involve, I guess, space and flying and stuff like that. <laughs> How so, do planes fly? Right. Nobody <laughs> really knows. I think I watched a Joe Rogan podcast at one point in time where he was talking about, uh, maybe it was a stand-up uh, that he did, and he was like, how does any of this stuff even works? Like if all the smart people die, we're just all screwed because yeah. we don't know how does this cell phone work? How does this electricity work? Nobody knows. We're just all going to die. That's true. <laughs> we're just all going to die. That's nice I, th- I think it'll be a good, like solid, good two weeks that everybody's great. But after that, I think society right. just breaks yeah, down. Yeah, we keep going to the grocery store. Like, why Why is it not refilling? Like, where's... Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's kind of what they're thinking about with, like, uh, there's a lot of, like, trades and stuff that this new generation is just not picking up. And they're like, it's just going to be gone. All this knowledge is going to be gone. It's kind of the same thing. Well, mm. hopefully it just means that they're going to start getting paid more and more and people actually start doing it. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Definitely maybe. Hopefully the knowledge of barbecue does not uh, go away. Uh, I think that's one thing that's probably going to stand the test of time. If we do lose electricity, uh, there are going to be uh, gentlemen and uh, um, ladies, gentlewomen out there that do know how to operate operate a offset smoker and, and cook with open fire. 100. <laughs> was that a good response? Right. No, no, really. Were you even listening? <laughs> 100. I, there was a fly. I was tracking a fly. <laughs> John's OCD's kicked in. 100%. Yes, it has. Uh. Okay, so today, uh, uh, let me go through. I'll read this just really quick before we jump in some of the crazy talk that I have. So um, so today we're welcoming in Doug Scheiding, a pit master, barbecue co- uh, competitor, uh, a ch- world champion uh, with the Rogue Cookers. Doug has won numerous awards in the barbecue competition circuit and is a brand ambassador and pro um, cook team to the Head Country Barbecue and the E3 Meat Company. Uh, he's also a co-host of the Barbecue and Baseball Podcast and the Barbecue Traeger Grills Pro Team member. Um, it's going to be awesome catching up with him and trying to learn little tips and tricks and secrets. Uh, we try to pull a little bit out of him. I mean, hopefully he's willing to share. I know he will. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get his entire uh, competition rib recipe uh, for you people so stay tuned for that yeah and we, we've had doug on uh, multiple times so go back and uh, check out some of the former episodes you'll get a little bit more of a backstory on 
how he came about to, to where he is in this barbecue, I say game, I mean this barbecue industry um, that we're in right now. I mean, he started as a um, engineer graduate from Texas A&M University and then um, got, uh, obviously um, that was his, his, his deal, but then he found the love and passion of the art of barbecuing and that kind of, once that bug gets a hold of you, oh, it just, yeah. it's kind of hard to shake it. And he's, he's totally into like the science behind it, right? Like yeah. he, he's, he's running racks of ribs, maybe four different ways to figure out and just changing one little thing, figure out like, what's the best, like, I don't do it. Who that would have way. thought an engineer yeah. is behind the right. science of barbecue? I'm just right. saying, crazy. he's a yeah, it's, yeah. And we, it's we joke, awesome. we joke about him being a rocket scientist, but he he actually pretty much is. Yeah, <laughs> be using some big words. We gotta look this up real quick. Right, gotta be like that, John. Look that up, please. <laughs> as we continue, um, I saw today. What kind of blew my mind a little bit? Um, the green gummy bears and the the Haribo gummy bears, the gold bears, mm-hmm. the green gummy bears. What flavor did you think those were? Uh, green gummy bear would be a apple or a sour apple. apple. Yeah, yeah like that. that's what I thought too. But yeah. uh, apparently that's not true. And, and this is corroborated as well. It's strawberry. That, why is it green? I don't know. <laughs> Let's be honest. They all just taste like artificial fruit, right? Yeah, well. Th- that is true. But why green? Why? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Because red was already cherry or something. How did I don't you know. stumble upon this? Like, what, I go do I go through different <laughs> rabbit holes on Twitter and 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 uh, TikTok and social medias, and it was something that popped up, and I was like, uh, okay, that's weird. So, what is the red? Cherry? Uh, I guess red's cherry. Fruit punch? Huh? I don't Fruit know. Fruit punch? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, Have you guys uh, seen? We probably talked about this before. Some of the Amazon reviews of the Haribo oh, uh, sugar-free ones. Those are ones. so freaking funny. <laughs> Ray shits uh, their pants. I think yeah. we talked about it before, but if, if you haven't heard that, if you haven't heard of it, uh, go look up the sugar-free Haribo on uh, <laughs> Amazon and go down, scroll on down, and read some of the reviews. You will laugh your ass off yeah definitely yeah if you need a colonic uh, just go ahead and grab you a handful of those yeah or if you need something to make you poop yeah big words big words big words i also saw that mcdonald's is dropping a new sauce did you see this they're dropping no. a big mac sauce like it's Doesn't gonna big go... mac already have a sauce it's a big yeah. mac dipping sauce you you dip your burger into it? Yeah, it it comes in like a dipping sauce so i don't i don't really know what it is i imagine it's it's just i don't know if it's the same sauce that the big mac uh, comes with, mm-hmm. but it's coming in a sauce pack form. Huh. You can dip your nuggets in, or you can do you need French like a fries. Sauce bowl to dip that thing into. I don't know how right. they're going to do that. I bet it's just the, the Big Mac secret sauce that they're putting in. It's a, like extra sauce. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it just like Thousand Island? In. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably never try it. I'll be honest. Really? I've never had a Big Mac. So what? Really? Really? Why? I, I mean, it comes with cheese, and I don't road I, trip. I, I never. <laughs> I would have to order it without cheese, and I'm just like no. Then mm-hmm. it's just two hamburger buns on top of each other. You know, you have two hamburgers on top of each other. You know what I mean? It's like, it's weird. Uh, that is weird. I'd be like, can I just take the middle bun out and just eat a double hamburger? <laughs> I, mean, can, I mean, is that weird? Yeah, it's weird. The whole thing's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but I did hear that McDonald's reformulated their burgers. So anybody out there, maybe go check them out. I know they're fixing to unleash them. They have... Um, Change the way they cook the patties, and I think what they're doing now is they're taking the onions and they're diced like super fine, and they're they're basically making like a Oklahoma smash burger type deal. Oh, so really? they've been watching us lately. So the onions go down, the burger goes down to that, and it just it cooks on that. Basically, the burger's a little bit different. I think they're changing up the buns a little bit softer. They they've added a few things. The cheese is a little bit more meltier, 
And apparently they're bringing the hamburger hamburger back. Oh. Ham, the hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. I'm not even going to try to say it. <laughs> yeah. Do it right. <laughs> I'm glad because I'll be honest. I hate I hate McDonald's burgers. And you've been missing the hamburger. I've also been missing the hamburger. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think once you reach a certain age, and obviously, I mean, I still eat it every once every once in a while, and, I, and the, the burger's not not bad. I prefer a different burger, but I think. Usually, once you reach over the age of like Happy Meal age, mm-hmm. you just stop going to McDonald's. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like there's certain people that that are always at McDonald's. True, it's just not good. It's I just, just bad. I just find a better option. And what, I think what people can't beat is their pricing. Yeah, I guess they are super cheap, and they've gotten down to pretty much a science on how to make it as cheap as possible and put it out to the people. It, but That'll be one of the telltale signs of a uh, recession, and if things are really getting shitty, if McDonald's just start crazy, if you go in there to you get yourself a like a six a piece line. six piece nugget with a fry, and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be eight ninety nine or nine dollars," you're like, "What?" No, uh-uh. I'm one of those like weird people that I only get the filet fish at McDonald's. Ooh, okay. I haven't had that since. Mm. That's the only thing know. I'll eat there. God dang! <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't ever like. Even when I take my kids there. I don't. I'm going next door to Taco Bell, or I go to Wendy's or Whataburger or something else. I just, just that place grosses me out. I don't know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that might be a new Twitter post for us. Is like what your McDonald's order says about you. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know what mine says about me. Filet of fish, fucking <laughs> <Like a> weirdo. <laughs> I'm a weirdo, or I'm Catholic. It's one of the two. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, last I saw, so today SpaceX Starship uh, launched today. You guys catch any of that? No, I didn't know. I okay. heard about it. it Elon Musk is, I, I guess, apparently it's the largest, a super heavy rocket that they've they've built and put up in sky. And it wasn't really designed to go up into outer space and fly around and come back down. This is more of a test flight. Could it get it off the ground into the orbit and then not orbit, but before it gets into orbit, it's supposed to do a maneuver where it kind of just like circles around, does like a little 360 and kick off its... Um, I guess boosters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it malfunctioned or something, so ended up uh, self detonating in the sky, which was uh, not totally planned. But they knew it was a possibility it was going to happen. But it, all in all, is a total success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it the the big thing is how much of its payload it can carry up into space. Really? Yeah. And it's like, of course, I had to like Google some of this shit because I didn't really like. <laughs> you didn't know all the yeah. the science behind like Elon, rockets. Elon's using a bunch of big words. On Maybe his we should be talking shit. to Doug about this. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll bring it up to him. So, um, it, it goes into the Starship uh, will be the world's most powerful launched vehicle ever developed, capable of carrying 150 metric tons, fully reusable, and 250 metric tons expendable. So I assume whatever they carry up there, they're just going to get rid of. Right. They can't land with all that weight, but they can take off with it. Correct. So, uh, that rocket will be able to go back, go up in there and then turn around and come back down. So, and I bet I also made a little caption trying to just perspective for anybody out there that is listening is like, how much is a freaking 150 metric tons? That's a, it's a lot. Is what it is. Yeah. It's like, I think it's like 300 something thousand pounds. Uh, but in, I did like the math equivalent to <laughs> yeah. um, the grabbing the brisket podcast, so that equ- equals to about two hundred, about two thousand and fifty-three kegs of beer. 
that wow. he can take up to space. Wow. I, thought almost, gonna, I thought you were going to go with briskets. How many briskets <laughs> yeah. is that? Well, well, he's almost ready to go to Mars now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can make it almost there. Yeah. I'm out of beer. Shit. No, well, if he has this crew on here, he might have to send two rockets up there for sure. <laughs> Refuel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We drink it on the way there. Yeah. <laughs> we're out. Yeah, I did see some of that, though. And it's funny because it made it up. They said like 25 miles, which is... Like you said, everybody's saying it's a, it's a success. But if you look on like the Twitter and the people that do not like dude, Elon, everybody's hating dude, on him. They're like, like, oh, he failed. He his, failed. his thing exploded. And they're like, they knew that was going to happen. Like they literally planned for it. I don't know. It's everybody so hates him. They're just like, please just let us back on Twitter so we could just spread misinformation to everybody. I know. I, I like he's him. Like, I don't know. I, he's funny as shit to yeah. me. He's like, I, d- I don't want to censor anybody, but just quit saying false stuff you know what i mean right right and nobody more successful than you will ever be a hater just remember that that's true that's true a little nugget for you Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're moving on guys hey we're moving on to lawn chair larry have you heard of this story uh i do not think i have okay i haven't either this is this comes to you from 1978 does that have to do balloons it has to do with balloons i've heard of this guy this guy (laughs) crazy it sounds like he's probably was if he wasn't in the seventies, he and he was a neighbor of ours. He'd probably be right here on this podcast, like kind of crazy <laughs> shit that we would do. So this guy wanted his. Uh, I'll go into. I won't read this whole excerpt, but the uh, nineteen seventy eight, a man named Larry Walters decided he wanted to fly, but instead of getting his pilot license or building his own airplane, he came up with a rather bizarre plan. He went to a military surplus store and purchased over 45 weather balloons, which he filled with helium and tied it to a lawn chair in his backyard. That's the start. <laughs> I, I sent you a couple of pictures. I don't know if you got it today. No, I didn't even see it. it it's, I sent it to the grab and the brisket. I don't know if it's too late for you to post um, it, but maybe later on in the podcast yeah. we'll, we'll, when we, uh, we'll mention it to Doug coming up. Uh, so I sent you a picture. of the. They actually have the chair itself. In the Smithsonian Museum. <laughs> Don't reward this shit. I'm not even <laughs> rewarding stupidity. Okay. L- l- let me tell you what this guy brought up with him. He had a plan. He was like, okay. So he straps it up. He airs everything up. So he's like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take with me uh, the chair. I'm going to bring a parachute. I'm going to arm myself with a pellet gun, a CB radio, and some beer. <laughs> pellet gun so he can shoot the balloons and yeah. let me go down yeah, yeah. okay what, All he, right. I what if he going. accidentally shoots more than one I, he, he starts coming he down goes quick. a little slower his thought was faster. his thought would he was he's gonna go about 30 40 50 feet or whatever and then basically drink some beer and then shoot a couple balloons down and he Did would just he go higher than 30 40 yes, 50 feet he went way higher <laughs> this balloon shot up like a rocket he so went, he had this sucker weighted down or something yes and, and cuts the cord and shoop. i'll shoot some pictures it looks like he's got like um uh, milk containers uh filled with water on the side of his chair that are like roped up that was his anchor to to keep him from like taking off uh and i assume it was probably tied to the ground and he's like whatever so <laughs> he shot up to an altitude of fifteen thousand feet quick <laughs> and so he got up there 15,000 15,000 <laughs> oh man he's he's like that's like hypoxia I, kicking in how, how, he how doesn't know what's going how on. how do airplanes go yeah. uh, like 40,000 but 40, okay. yeah when well, you get up above like 10 like you, hypoxia you don't know what's going on you're you're alive but you could you're out of it like you could die pretty quick mm. so maybe he brought oxygen with him hopefully he was, he was smart enough to bring the beer maybe he brought oxygen as well <laughs> probably right <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so he, he gets up there and he, all of a sudden, you know what he forgot? 
So what, what his plan was, he was going to get up so high, cut the rope. He didn't bring a knife. Parachute. Yeah, he didn't bring a knife. What about the BB gun? Uh, <laughs> was that for like shooting birds? Or? No, it, it <laughs> was. He gets hungry it, while he's up there. It was to uh, shoot the balloons, but it doesn't really go into details why, um, why he didn't um, shoot, the, shoot the balloons. I don't know. Uh, Maybe because he was fifteen thousand feet in the air, not thinking very clearly. That's true. So. <laughs> he could have got up there fast enough, and so he, uh, he, he. Okay, so he went straight to the CB. He started radioing for help. I think there were some certain uh, pilots that, that were able to intercept his his communication. That thought it was a joke uh, until I think he was spotted by oh, um, shit. A, a freaking pilot, and it was called in. So he went two hundred miles. Two hundred miles. He went two hundred miles, and I think this is probably like I think a forty-five minute flight that he went up in the air. Two hundred wow. miles. Damn. He landed. He's making good time. Yeah. He landed. I don't know where he took off, but he landed in Long Beach, California. Yeah, he was immediately arrested. Shit. Long uh, Beach. Long Beach. Lucky he didn't land in the ocean. He's right there. there. Yeah. So maybe he was able to pop off a couple shots and uh, bring him down. I'm not really sure what happened or how they got him down, but. Yeah, everybody out there listening, yeah, look up Lawn Chair Larry. And I think here in a little bit, we'll, we'll bring some yeah, yeah. pictures. We'll get those pictures up in just um, a minute here. Of Larry himself in the chair and all that, that stuff. Like I that. heard a story. Crazy. Uh, there, was a, there was a priest in Brazil who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And his plan was to float to like the next city and like raise awareness and get some money or something like that for some people who needed it. He went the wrong way and went over the ocean and he didn't make it. No? <laughs> no, they, mm. they found him a long time later. But I think it's just... You know, don't strap yourself to balloons and go right, up in the air. Just right. don't do that. <laughs> or use a chair that's like, a, like maybe like an inflatable, inflatable chair, like the, the floating ones for your pool. And that way, if you land uh, in the ocean, just, then you could just, you could just die of starvation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Great. Good idea. Shit. <laughs> he had a parachute, you said. Why didn't he just jump off? I think the parachute was tied to the chair. <laughs> oh, so if it started to fall, he and could he just... was seatbelt into the chair. Oh my god, <laughs> this guy thought of. I, I just wondered, did he drink all his beer? I think I would have drank them all. Like, yes, that's why he decided to land eventually. Did he's he like, say, all right, I'm did out. He say what kind of beer it was? He did not. Oh, okay, mm. these are the specifics I'd like to know. Mm. <laughs> hey, it wasn't any IPA. I can tell you that. Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, it was Milwaukee's best or hams <laughs> or something. I don't know. All right, Anyways. John. Well, let's go ahead and hit the. Fine folks up with the barbecue news. Hot off the grill, barbecue news. And first up, uh, I just saw this on uh, on the social medias and reached out to our friend uh, Brooke, uh, Brooke Lewis from The Shed. They uh, they just won their 10th Covey Award. I was like, well, that's awesome. Tell nice. me more about it. Like, what is that? Uh, apparently, uh, it is a... Oh, where, the, where the hell is it? It's, uh, it's an award they do for the best... Well, they have the best of all kinds of stuff down there on the coast in uh, that Mississippi, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they won for best barbecue. Uh, they hadn't won in a couple of years, so they're super excited. But uh, because they're such awesome people, when they got up there to accept their award, instead of doing like a normal speech, they actually like went through and gave a shout out to every other barbecue uh, honoree or mention. Yeah, all the other restaurants around there that were mentioned that were you know, you know part of that community, and I just thought it was super cool. So I thought I would share that. So congratulations to them. Uh, That's badass. Ten time, ten time Covey winner. Yeah, oh. I, I wondered did they did they mention grabbing on the brisket? Did uh, did was Brad that one go, of the things they brought up? Yeah. They Brad probably go, should have. Did Brad go? Just grab the brisket. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> we can ask him. We have them. Uh, we have them coming on the show again shortly. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then the next thing I got here is the uh, Kansas City Airport. I don't know. I think we talked about this once before. 
but they redid that airport. I don't know if you guys have ever been through there. It's a, a real piece of shit of an airport. There's there's no food. All the food is outside of security. It's not a good airport. But they just redid it, and they've got a new section. Uh, I forget what they're calling it. Um, barbecue something or other. I don't know. But uh, they have a restaurant in there that's going to be ran by Smoke and Magic, formerly Black Magic Barbecue. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with these guys. Yeah. Uh, they won... Uh, some KC, I don't know if it was KCBS, some some big competition, and the prize was you want twenty five thousand dollars, but you also get a one year contract in this airport for the restaurant. Mm, so, nice, yeah. And then uh, that's th- badass. But this 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 airport, you gotta go, if you go there, you gotta go check this place out. They've got all kinds of barbecue shit going on in there now because you know Kansas City's. I mean, they're number two in the nation so for barbecue. <laughs> um, they're known for their barbecue sauce. Yeah. Anyways, so they've got the barbecue <laughs> spot in there. They've got a bunch of other shit, barbecue shit. Um, that's what I got. That's all I got for that. Um, upcoming guests, I thought I'd mention some of those real quick. I just said we got Brooke and Brad coming up. They're coming up in about three weeks. Jonathan Jones, uh, Smoke and Hope, coming back on in about two weeks. And then we have Erica Roby from Blue Smoke Blair coming on in about a month. Nice. All right. I will say that I did see a viral video of this guy at this airport completely belligerent just pissed off that his flight got canceled and uh the cops are talking to him they're like sir have you been drinking he's like yeah and he's like how much you had to drink i was like i had three margaritas and he's like uh he's like well, who, who gives a shit he's like and the guy's like well you know you both you can't be doing he's like then why have a damn bar right here in the airport <laughs> i was like that is true that is true it's funny you mentioned that anytime that there's a delay we we know fuck keep your eyes open because they're going to be coming on shitty like <laughs> they're just sitting in the airport they got nothing else to do you're people throwing, start drinking you're just throwing drinks and peanuts yeah. just like don't be mad at me <laughs> well honestly if you know they're drunk they can't come on the plane that's 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 the law just make sure you hide it yeah, that's yeah. The rule. so please hide it if you're coming on my flight yeah you're not above the law <laughs> anyways uh that's all we got hot off the real barbecue news but we do have uh a mail call we bring in doug this past eight. Oh yeah we probably should yeah. should we do before that we, before we do, we do the, the mail call, call after well, yeah. the mail call take two seconds right yeah just a couple Will things yeah. okay as long as it's not waiting on us let's bring in some mail What's in the fucking mail? Mail call. I'm just kidding. At least you opened it up, John. Yeah, I did open it up this time to make it a little bit easier. This uh, this gentleman reached out to us, uh, I believe, on Twitter. I'll put his information. I'll put his website uh, down below. Dad's Seasonings, and he sent us. Uh, I don't know if this is his whole lineup or not, but uh, yeah, we got the lemon pepper. I think what do you have there? Nika barbecue. I don't know. Okay, got the OG original and the chili dulce. Chili dulce. 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 Huh. I don't know if you see that. <laughs> My Spanish is good. We Salt usually have Jan over here to hold it up to the camera, but uh, nice. yeah, that's all we got. We'll take some videos and we'll take some pictures and we'll put it out there on social media so where you can check them out. So big yeah. shout out to uh, those guys for sending us the oh, there's a little letter here. I'll read that off the air. Oh, nice. And then our second package is from I'm pretty excited about this one. John's favorite curveball barbecue whiskey. 
Nice. I'm singing because I'm happy. Okay. I was like, why are we singing? <laughs> and they sent us a crap ton of liquor. And there's also a goodie pack over there that has all kinds of badass stuff in it. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. I'm going to keep the tin pan. <laughs> you can keep the tin pan. <laughs> we, we, can re- we can reuse that. That's but badass. Yeah. yeah. And the little gift pack has flags and signs and koozies and all kinds of shit in it. So uh, you'll be seeing those probably in future um, content or, or something. Before we get dug in here, let's let's uh, let's get some bills paid and hear from one of our friends on iPod's Media Network. This episode is brought to you in part by Oklahoma Joe's new Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills. Since the company's humble beginnings in 1987, Oklahoma Joe has helped those who appreciate the process and the craft of smoking. What began with Joe Davidson, a member of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and a dozen hand-built smokers at the Oklahoma State Fair over 30 years ago, has since forged an Oklahoma Joe's brand that builds some of the most sought-after smokers. Oklahoma Joe has a proud history of creating uncompromising smokers and grills with carefully crafted design, and the newest generation of the popular Ryder Series pellet grills carries on this tradition. The new features in the Oklahoma Joe's Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills include a pit control 2.0 system that delivers the category's first dual sensor temperature control. Fire-focused dual sensor feedback optimizes temperature control based on selected cooking styles, low and slow smoking, or high heat grilling. A power feed system that boasts the high torque auger motor that powers through pellets for incredible power and performance. The new Rider Deluxe series builds on several popular features, including smoke and sear modes, which features an impressive temperature range that runs from 200 degrees Fahrenheit to a searing hot 650 degrees Fahrenheit, and a 20-pound quick-draw hopper that allows unused pellets to be drained in seconds for simple storage, removal, and swapping of pellet flavors. Guys, if you want to find out more information about the new Rider Deluxe series pellet grills from Oklahoma Joe, check out the Oklahoma Joe's website and the link is in our description in the bio and that's oklahomajoes.com hey you there we've got a question for you are you tired of clickbait stories and the loudest voices driving discussions and culture and entertainment if so i'm dylan i'm kendall and i'm Corey, and we host the podcast from the middle we're middle class guys living in the middle of america in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle We take a more reasonable and centrist approach in our discussions covering genres like comedy, culture, entertainment, and interviews with really interesting folks like business owners, comic creators, doctors, news anchors, New York Times best-selling illustrators, professional stand-up comics, and more. We really value a relaxed and conversational podcast, one that we hope is so fun and laid back, you'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. So search. At From the Mid Pod, just like it sounds, or check us out everywhere you can find podcasts. Boom! There it is, and uh, what a coincidence that they are our uh, our little commercial this week for Odd Pods because they just had their two hundredth episode, and I just want to say huge congrats! That's freaking awesome! Congratulations, guys! Yeah, congratulations! Yeah. Speaking of awesome, we got Doug in the house. Ha, ha, ha. There he is. <laughs> hey. What's going on, brother? What's up, guys? Not a whole lot. Looking forward to having you on. Sorry we had to, we had to cancel on you a few weeks ago, but this is great. Glad you're here. Oh, no worries. No worries. All good. I don't know why you keep coming back for this punishment. 
<laughs> we got to support the Texas guys. We got to stay together. Definitely, definitely. I love the I love the new digs. I love the digs of podcast gear that you got by going behind uh, you there, Doug. Hey, welcome into the Grab of the Brisket podcast. So uh, we've already pumped you up. We've we've already alluded. We've already uh, we've already uh, told the folks and the people to go back and check some of the earlier episodes where we can get the backstory on Doug. Uh, so I wrote down a few things. Uh, you know, so it's what I do. I kind of plan stuff. So. Uh, we we talked. Uh, we'll, we'll get your point of view because we 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 dropped a few stories earlier today, um, and it was it was it was not it was coincidence. But it does have to do with space and flying. And I, I know Doug comes with the 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 aerospace engineering degree uh, from Texas A and M. Which congratulations, that's that's freaking phenomenal. And you Thanks. moved into a a field of barbecue uh and i know it wasn't like a super quick transition it wasn't easy but uh uh, you had some great success in winning some world champions winning at some of the highest barbecue competitions that this country has to offer and i know that has to feel badass Um, even some of the highest competitions that this state of texas offers which I'm kind of biased and I'll, I'll put it out there. I mean, I think we have some of the best competitions uh, and cooks uh, in the world. Uh, that's just me. I don't know what your thoughts are, uh, Doug. Oh, ab- absolutely. So, and uh, I think you're seeing now the Texas cooks, you know, like Bill Purvis and, you know, Fred and everybody that going out and, and uh, spreading their success amongst the KCBS folks as well. So um, I think that's, that proves that Texas has a, a fine set of cooks uh, throughout the state for sure. Right. That was kind of always the thing before, right? Oh yeah. Texas cooks are good, but they're not doing KCBS. They're not doing, yeah, they're not doing, they the- can't cook. Pork, pork. And yeah, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, guess yeah. some of us can. <laughs> yeah, I always joke around, and I even made a joke earlier talking about uh, we we were talking about the, I guess Kansas City uh, had like an a, 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 their airport fixed up, and they had an addition uh, barbecue restaurant that got put in there, and I guess the people that that got in there won a a competition to be able to kind of, yeah kind of be yeah. in there, uh, which is freaking awesome. It's, it's fantastic, but. When I think of that style of food, I just I think of their sauce. I think it's just that sauce just on everything. You know what I mean? And uh, I, it's not for me. I I'm not, I don't I, I like sweet every once in a while. Every, I'll I'll take one candied rib, you know, and I know it's it, it's awesome and it really is good. But I mean, I'll take this salt and pepper. I'll take this savory brisket rib any day. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I think that was that that place in the in the airport is actually done uh, through Old World Spice. I think they were the sponsors of that, mm-hmm. and so they've got a lot of their spice rubs and, and you know on retail and stuff. And so I know uh, Amy Jung is 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 very involved with that. But uh, yeah, that that competition. The only time I think I have changed radically my cooking style is when I cooked at the American Royal one year. And we, we did the invitational and got our asses handed to us the first day. <laughs> and so I said, that's it. I'm making everything sweet the next day. <laughs> and yeah, 
and we wound up doing pretty well and and we uh, almost got a top 20 in pork believe it or not of all <laughs> things so yeah so and and i like you said i made it real sweet and you know see you can't even really be- barely taste the meat you just taste the barbecue sauce so you got to choose your sauce uh, wisely and it needs to be sweet like you said well it's, it's funny like even recently when we were cooking at the uh, austin rodeo like we've been competing with beans, you know, and would never place with the beans. And I thought they were super savory, super tasty. And, you know, we just never hit. And we're like, man, what do they want? We're like, you know what? Let's just try to make something real sweet, a sweet kind of bean. First time ever. Is that it. what it was? I yeah, got first. First place. Y'all stinkers. Yeah. It, it was our Y'all first stinkers. time trying. Like, that's what they want. You know, I guess they just want sweet beans over there. You something know, something different. Yeah. Really? That's yes. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I actually at the, at the Royal, I got 24th in beans. Uh, the last time I cooked up up there, and and they were sweet baked beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they want, I'm actually going to make them make them this weekend. Uh, I'm going next week uh, to to cook a, a foundation event uh, for anti human trafficking, and so I was like, it's in Kansas, so I'm like, yeah, bring out the the Kansas sweet baked bean too. <laughs> so, yeah, you so, got to. We I got the idea. Uh, I got the idea from seeing, I think it was Burnt Finger Barbecue. Uh, they always. Oh, Megan. Yeah, they Megan. always turned in beans and they were always so successful. And he put a recipe out there uh, that featured a sweet barbecue sauce and a spicy barbecue sauce. And then having the beans underneath a protein, whether you're cooking brisket or pork butt, and then having huh. all those drippings just drip down into it. And of course, I think we added bacon to it as well, mm-hmm. um, along with brown sugar, and just and just let that go for like hours until it was just this sweet baked bean that everybody just yeah. like loved. And I, maybe it's when you're eating just a bunch of savory stuff, and uh, you get a hold of something sweet, you're like, okay, that's it's it. Po- extra right. pops, it yeah. just yeah, pops. Yeah. It's it's different actually, and that's the way I like to cook. I like to bring different flavors in and not cook the the same thing. So you know, I'll, I'll go to the you know I've been to a few classes and stuff, and I just want to pick up a few techniques, and I don't need I don't need or want the recipes because I don't want to taste. I don't want everybody to taste and cook the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you know, it we, is we all need to have our own style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we need to have our own style. It's interesting uh, doing some of these classes and just seeing and you hit the. Uh, the nail in the head. It's, it's like, I'm not trying to just get your recipes and just trying to recreate those, but you want to see some of the techniques you want to see, like, what are you doing that I'm not doing? And, and right. some of those classes and they're, they're valuable to, to anybody that's interested in taking some of these classes. And I know, I think, uh, Doug, you do a little teaching, um, yourself, but yeah. there's all these classes out there, but to learn those little techniques and there's some that I'm like, you know, I never even thought about that. It's just yeah, so weird. Yeah. And it was so easy and simple. And never even thought about that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start uh, introducing it and bring it to my repertoire for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's all I want is a couple things in on each protein and something new to try. So that's that's what I like. So I haven't taken one in a while, but uh, um, I'm actually going to be going to Memphis in May to teach uh, a few classes up at Memphis in May for Home Depot. Um, okay. on behalf oh, cool. of Traeger. So, yeah, yeah. So that, that I'll be looking forward to that and seeing some people. Memphis is just the one, one I don't really have a desire to cook just because with the whole the presentation thing and, you know, and, you know, whether it's the good old boy network or not, but right. uh, a lot of the NBN people seem to win. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. that, they got some changes opinion. this year, right? I mean, there, there's a lot smaller field and I heard Myron's not going to be there this year. Oh, is he not? Oh, well, I know that they, 
they, you know, they, with the renovations to the park, um, they had to cut down on, on 30 to 40 teams. Mm -hmm. So I think the teams had to ante up like seven grand mm -hmm. and then, uh, then be told that they got, they got axed and couldn't a guy that won like ribs. Uh, I heard a few years ago, didn't get in, didn't get in and stuff. So wow. it, it, it'll be interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, crazy. but you know, the, the whole presentation thing is just not my, my, uh, I just think outsiders would have a, a, a definite disadvantage right. to people that they know and, and from are from around there, there, but although, you know, the blues hog guys, you know, Tim Shear and, um, I forgot the, uh, the other guy's name that, uh, that won it with whole hog last year. I think they're going to, they won it with ribs and whole dog. And I think this year they're going to try to win it with shoulder. So Ooh, the on, uh, on, on their, ga on their gateway drums. Yeah. That'd be something that's never been done. Yeah. I, I watched a video where they, they built and maybe it was something that they unveiled at one of the American Royals. Um, I'm talking about the, the blues hog um, people and, um, it was these giant drum smokers. That's, that's at Memphis. They, Memphis, they unveiled yes. that at Memphis yeah. where they, they, they ma just made a huge one to, yeah. to make uh, a whole hog. And that was, you know, like the third time that they had cooked on it. Hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. It just works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we were talking about uh, uh, some some space exploration kind of sort of earlier. Uh, oh boy! Yes, yes, and we were like, maybe we should just wait for Doug to get on there since he probably knows let's, what the hell he's talking it. about. Hey, did you follow any of the uh, the SpaceX, the Elon Musk uh, rocket launch today? Have you do you see any of that? No, no. I actually I was at a conference uh, on on my day job giving a presentation, so I uh, didn't catch. I, I knew Monday they were supposed to uh, to take off and stuff. You know, it's interesting. My father was was a uh, a pilot in the Air Force, and so I had love planes, but I have a fairly strong dislike of, of space. Right. There's no way in hell you'd get me to go to space. No way <laughs> mm -mm. ever. <laughs> I just don't like, I mean, it would be cool for like maybe a couple of minutes. And I'm like, you know, one of those planes where it just takes you up to where you could feel the uh, weightlessness oh, a little bit. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And then back yeah, down yeah. again, I'm good. I don't think I want to be up that'd there be, long. That'd be yeah, exactly. That'd yeah. be good. That'd be good. So when I was doing engineering, I did some work for NASA and stuff, but uh, uh, just for training for the space shuttle arm and stuff. So, but uh, anyway. Okay. Well, the, the launch today apparently went well. I mean, uh, it apparently good. one of the largest, uh, I guess, rockets that they've produced. Um, it's the, one of the largest ever, ever in the yeah. world. So it, yeah. it, it, their goal was just to get it off the landing pad. And, and they did. I think they they shot up to. I don't remember what the 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 altitude that they got it up to. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to do a maneuver and then and kick off one of its um, rockets, I think. And it kind of spun around in the air a little bit, and then it just kind of self detonated or whatever they called. There, there's a terminology where they it they, blew up. They did they, 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 they blew <laughs> purposefully. It yeah. Cool. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Cool. I, did, I yeah. didn't know they were going to do that. I thought it was supposed to land in the Gulf, but uh, maybe I think I'm that wrong. was the plan. But it just it. There was an unplanned explosion. I think, yeah, the uh, the blowing up was the backup plan. Correct. Yeah, plan B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, right. it blew up, and they can say that was a backup plan. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, it was so large. They had like thirty-one uh, engines on the thing, yeah, and crazy. getting them all the fire at the same time was going to be highly complicated. And I, I heard some MIT professor talking about it and how complex it was in order to even think about what they're doing. 
Well, yeah. James did the math for us earlier and told us how many kegs of beer it could tarry, uh, carry up in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we got 2,053 kegs of beer you can carry. That's pretty good. <laughs> I think it's equivalent to about 300,000 pounds. Yeah. Well, that, that'll last about six months. <laughs> we, we, we were equating that to like Almost on, our, on Mars, our trip to right? Mars, yeah. you know, if we had enough beer. We're, you know. we're going to run out of beer halfway there, for sure. <laughs> right. Right. Well, he wants to develop and, and put a city on Mars and stuff. So, yeah, that's just crazy to me. But, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> yeah, I'm good right here. I don't think any of us are going to be volunteering to go on that first no. trip. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> So we, we didn't before we get into kind of the rip talk, we, we did talk about Lawn Chair Larry. This is a story that came out about 1978 where a guy in a lawn chair strapped a bunch of balloons to his lawn chair and then rocketed up into the sky. Have you, have you heard this story? <laughs> no, okay. no, I have not. 1978, this guy, Larry Walters, decided that he wanted to fly. And so he went to an army surplus store and bought 45 weather balloons, filled it up with helium. His idea was he's going to, he's going to take a, uh, um, he was going to strap on a parachute. He was going to take a BB gun or no, a pellet gun. He was going to take a CB radio and a, and beer. And he was going to hover up in the air for a while until he got tired. And he was going to start shooting the balloons down uh, until he started kind of descending. But apparently he shot up like a rocket and went out to about 15,000 feet quick. No kidding. Yep. Mm-hmm. Passed out. That's I, what I said. Hypoxia kicked in. He was done. I assume that's why he didn't shoot the balloons out. Uh, he went from, I don't know where his starting point was, but he went over 200 miles in about, I think they said about 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> landed in long beach california oh my gosh yeah. well at least he didn't go too much farther or else he'd been in the ocean <laughs> right that exactly. would have been good yeah. exactly so as a rocket scientist uh, why did he do that doug <laughs> you know he'd probably had 2053 kegs of beer beforehand <laughs> and thought that was a good idea right it was uh, the 70s all kinds of good ideas were happening yeah that's right, right. Look, maybe a little lsd was mixed in there right. and uh, he was hallucinating right. and thought uh, it could be done dude, hey, yes after after a 12 pack all the math just seemed to check out so right. Yeah, right. i'm sure he went through all the uh, checkout stages oh yeah go fire a uh, case of cores go fire uh parachute we're good to launch the one yeah. thing the one thing he didn't bring up with him which he planned on doing was cutting the rope he didn't bring a that knife. his lawn chair was a, uh, attached to and he didn't bring a knife oh well it happens i mean yeah. it, it happens the best laid plans sometimes just don't work out just. exactly exactly <laughs> but hey this is a barbecue podcast uh we'll, we'll, we'll jump into a little barbecue talk uh doug so we, over the last couple of weeks maybe months we've kind of stretched this out just a little bit yeah we've been talking all ribs just uh we, we went from the intro for like selecting ribs um, we got I saw to, that. I listened to that one. Yes, uh, doing a little bit of a trimming, and I think we've got all the way up to really just seasoning, uh, doing injecting, and, and there's a few questions that we have for you, and and try to get your thought uh, on what what you kind of do and what what the do's and don'ts of uh, that you've seen in your perspective. So seasoning, it's all subjective, and I know injecting is is subjected and marinating, but for us. I know we layer a lot of seasonings and I, and I think we start off with a kind of a salt pepper base. Uh, and then we come with a nice pork rub and then we'll throw in something else that we think that's 
complements it. And I know there's a lot of rubs out there, uh, but before we get to, to seasoning, we, we do inject our ribs. We just recently started doing that. We never okay. did. We never did it before. It, usually we kind of just, I would assume kind of just, uh, woke up in the morning and <laughs> seasoned those babies and threw them on. We, we, yeah, I think we might've, no, we never injected, but we would just to season them, let them sit out for about an hour and a half, hour or so. And then once everything's sweated, we just throw it on the, the grill and then we, we go about our business. Uh, so, but we never brined them. We never injected them or marinated them. Uh, so ne- now we do inject the night before. Uh, I think we use, uh, we use the blues hog. Um, it's either blues hog or, We'll go back and forth, Blues Hog or the Adam Lambert Sweet Swine of Mine uh, pork injection, ah. which which is great stuff. Uh, we'll mix it with the, we'll cut it with some apple juice and inject it heavily, and then the leftover we'll just dump it all over uh, the ribs and we'll put them in a full pan and we'll throw it and cover it into a refrigerator or a cooler and let it sit overnight. Uh, I, it, do you inject your ribs? Or do you have a process? What is your exact recipe? Pre, pre-seasoning, <laughs> pre-night. You know, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't season, you know, in, in advance, just because I think it turns out a little hammy. But uh, you know, it's funny when I first uh, started, probably the first three, four years, I did inject my ribs, and but uh, I don't, I don't inject my ribs anymore, and uh, um. I've actually been trying to simplify my rib recipe a little bit because I thought it was just getting too complex. You know, mm-hmm. I had like four ingredients in my glaze and, you know, but uh, y- you talk about seasoning and I agree with you. Um, if, if you've got a real salty, if you don't have a sugary rub, I put the sugar rub down first. And then I, uh, just because, you know, you don't want it to burn or anything, you know, things get a little hot. And so I'll put that down. Um, otherwise I would put the salt rub, uh, down first, just like you said. So, and then I'll, I'll, uh, do something like a, you know, a pork base kind of, kind of rub. And then I'll, uh, maybe, maybe even one with a little spice. And I think with a lot of meats, a lot of cooks, um, under seasoning of meats is rampant. I think, you know, even on Instagram, you look like, I don't want to see, you know, when the, you first put it on the, on the grill, I don't want to see the meat. Uh, it needs to have enough rub on there that, and, but don't pat it down. Just let it, you know, lay there and maybe help, you know, spray some apple juice. Like you say, you don't, uh, you don't rub it. No. And yeah, no, I don't rub it. No, 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 no. Now I will, you know, spritz it with apple juice and, you know, help it help the sweating process kind of, kind of go. I used to let them rest for about 30 minutes before I put them on the, on the grill. But, uh, now I'm kind of the, of the mind that, you know, put it on. I, I like to put all my meats on pretty cold. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, as cold as possible, um, to try to get, you know, being, being a cooker on Traeger, I need as much time on the, on the Traeger, uh, naked so that you get as much smoke on there. So I think I listened to your comp, you know, picking out competition. One thing that, that, that came to mind when I was listening to that one is, I always get the kind the same kind of weight of ribs okay. because that, that dictates my process mm, and for, from a, from a cooking, yeah, your timeline and stuff. And so, um, and I think y'all said that you don't, you don't do the fall off the bone cooking and, uh, but you know, related to the weight, my process is, is kind of a fall off the bone method. So, but, uh, um, I think down here you have to do that just because the judges can't touch it. But, uh, you know, so they, you know, it's the, with the knife and fork. So when they yeah. go with, and get a piece, I want as much of the, of meat to slide off on that fork as possible. 
And, and so that's just kind of my thinking, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think people under season their ribs. Yeah. I, I saw that. Uh, so kind of, uh, I don't remember who, who I was watching. I think I was watching a YouTube video and it was more, more so on when you box and you're, you're, you're plating your ribs and, and this is the, uh, garnishing and making sure everything's pretty and whatever, but it was more so your eye kind of deceives you a little bit. And this goes back to when you season your, your meat down, um, go ahead and season your meat down or, or if you're boxing or whatever, go ahead and take a picture of it with your phone and then, and then look at the picture. Um, and you can see bald spots where you miss seasoning. You can see where that little sprig or that little piece of grass or whatever they put in the grass. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) It's out of place or it's bare or something's missing something in your, 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 your mind, your eye, your eyeball, the communication, it's just not seeing it. But when you take a picture of it, it's like blatantly, it's like right there. It's like, Oh, I need to add more seasoning right there. Or I need to address this issue right here. I don't remember what pitmaster or competition cook that I saw, but that was one of their big deals. Like they would just take a picture of it after they thought everything was finished boxed. And then they would see a glaring issue right here in the photo that they never saw with their naked eye. Yeah. It's probably too late by that, by that time. But, uh, um, I, you know, uh, I take a picture of all my boxes and then I look at them the next day, just like you're saying. Um, because once it's in the box, it's probably, you know, too late to, to really fix things. But, you know, that's one of the things I'm, I have OCD tendencies, I call it. And I hate hard stringy bark on ribs. Mm. So my cooking process is set up, you know, cause if you take a bite of the rib or something like that, and you know how sometimes it's kind of stringy and you, you pull it off and stuff. Mm. I don't, I hate that. And so I do, I do some things to prevent that. And also I don't cook the, the ribs. I used to also cook the meat ribs meat side down in, in the wrap, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever you wrap it in, whatever juice and yep. you wrap it in. But, but I think that that also rubs, like you said, rubs some bald spots mm-hmm. on my rack of ribs. And, you know, even that they can't be covered up with glaze. And, uh, so that bothered me. So I'm, I like, I like more of an artist. I like, I want it to look really pretty. And, and so I, and in fact, I don't know of anyone that, that raps this way, but, and, uh, if you know, Danielle Divacu, my way of rapping drives her crazy <laughs> because she wraps her ribs all like a nice little Christmas present. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that aluminum foil touches the top of your rib and it'll do the bald spots just like you're talking about. So I actually wrap it. And I come out and I wrap it like an A-frame and it makes it real easy, easy to, to manipulate. And I've, I've done that since like 2007 or something like that, just because I, I don't want anything to touch the top of my rib. Makes sense. To mess with, to mess with, to mess with the bark and the appearance of the rib. Yeah. So when we, when we, we competed out there at uh, Austin, so we tried something new uh, we got a little advice from Aaron Leslie with the uh, Texas Old Dust Seasoning, and and he cooks, that's a good one. He cooks his ribs in a pan, ten full pan, meat side yeah. up, ten full pan. He's like, go ahead and try that out. Uh, we were we were play, we're I mean ecstatic. I mean it came out phenomenal. We mm-hmm. we were pre- pleasantly surprised because I was worried it was just going to be too. There's too much area for it to steam. 
You know what I mean? Like they're just going to create too yeah. much steam. Uh, you'll get a lot of moisture in there, but maybe that's, I mean, we, we opened it up. Bark was still set. Everything was firm. I was like, okay, everything was really tender. Yeah. We, we've tried the meat side down. We've tried meat side up. Um, meat side down, obviously it's going to sit there and just braise and whatever liquid that you have there. And it's probably going to remove whatever seasoning that you do have on there. Unless it's going to disappear. Unless yeah. it's like just super just charred on, but still, I mean, th then your ribs probably maybe might be a little bit overdone. But um, so we started doing the face face up method. Yep. It, it worked out at Austin. We'll, we'll try it again. We'll keep experimenting with it. Yeah, we did pretty well in, in ribs out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I think before in your in your original one, I think you were cooking meat down. We were. Um, or yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I've I've cooked meat up for a long time, long time. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Where, where do you think that? Uh, where do you think a lot of people go wrong? Like it, it's, I I can try somebody else's rib and I'm like, okay, that's a good rib, and I can try my rib, and I'm like, okay, that's a good rib too. Uh, but all these ribs get into the the final judging area and they start going through it, and, and sometimes it gets some of these competitions, which I love, they're starting to get a little bit more feedback as far as mm -hmm. what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong or, or what they experience. But what do you think people are falling short on doing ribs? Is it season? Um, Is it? Sauce? Yeah. And I think I was actually falling short on and being trying to be too, too complex in my glaze okay. and, and getting too many different flavors in the glaze. And that was overpowering my seasoning as well as, as the flavor of the meat. And, and so I think that was a problem uh, that I had when I, when I cooked at the, uh, uh, San Antonio rodeo, um, I just went with one barbecue sauce as, as the glaze and we got 18th out of, what was it? 288 teams or something like that. So, awesome. so I, I think, I think that's kind of on the right track and I'll tell you one thing that I've started doing cause we actually did pretty well at the San Antonio rodeo and also at the Houston rodeo. We did, we did pretty well, but, um, I've started to use, and this is kind of a KCBS trick is putting on, I'm coming out with a finishing dust, uh, here probably in the next month or so. Um, and I'm putting a finishing dust, not the, uh, I used to, you know, try to use the white lightning stuff, but you can see that the little white flakes everywhere and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've got a paprika based finishing dust and I've started using that on all three of my meats. And I think that, I mean, I've done pretty well here the last two large cook-offs doing that. And uh, so, I, I, you know, and I do that after I glaze. So I put it on after I glaze and, it, and, it, and it's there in the glaze. And you really can't see it because it kind of melds into the, into the glaze and you can't see it. And, but, but you can definitely taste it. Yeah, it's also something you're going to put on the market? Yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah. I'm, I'm doing it through Old World Spice. Okay. It's going to be called, it's gonna be called Doug's Dust. And, uh, nice. we just, we just finalized it and, and, uh, went through several iterations and stuff. So yeah, that's going to be coming out. So I'm going to be coming out with a brisket rub and then an all purpose rub. So it's something I said I'd never do, but you know, <laughs> and every year, every year I say I'd never do this and I never do that. And then I wind up kind of doing it and stuff. Oh, so yeah. like I, you know, I, I said, I'd never be on, you know, you know, podcasts and you know right. on the barbecue central and the baseball and barbecue show and and uh as a co-host and stuff so yeah it's you know every year it's something different i get into something different that i thought i'd never do <laughs> well i can't wait to try some of that stuff that sounds yeah amazing. definitely yeah how is it I'll, I'll be honest i haven't checked out the uh i need to check out the baseball and barbecue podcast uh, what, uh can you tell us a little bit about that 
Oh yeah. So it's, it's, uh, the two guys are, uh, uh, Lynn and Jeff and they are out of New York, Long Island, New York. And so they're, they're, they're up into, I think they're up into episode, uh, 200. They've been doing it about five years or so. Okay. And maybe it's like, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, they, um, they'll have like about a 45 minute interview with baseball and then about a 45 minute interview with uh with barbecue and so the first time the first time i was on i uh i i've been in fantasy baseball for like 22 years and so mm -hmm. i'm kind of a freak on fan you know so i know a lot of the stats of uh recent stats and stuff and so um uh we started talking some baseball and i'm a cubs fan and you know they're a mets fan and so anyway but i told them my two favorite moments in baseball and one was the second one was when i went and saw Albert Pools. I go to a different stadium every year. So I've been to 18, to 18 of the stadiums this year. We're going to Cleveland, um, in May. And, uh, it was when Albert Pools went back to St. Louis for the first time, those fans cheered him like he was still on the team. That's and awesome. it was, it was so cool to see. And so in the second game, uh, I went down, we had a, we actually had a box and then I, we had seats behind first base. And so I went down there for some reason and I recorded Albert Pujols cranks one over the left field wall. The stadium erupts and everything. It was just fantastic. But uh, my, my favorite moment was when I was on, I think it's June. The date is June 2nd, 2012. I was actually at the Mets only no hit. That was their first no hitter uh, by one pitcher. And that was Johan Santana. Mm -hmm. And because uh, uh, my friends, well, we go on this baseball trip and they like to follow the Cardinals around. So I was cheering with the Mets fans all the time because I hate the Dirty Birds being a <laughs> oh, Cubs <yeah>. fan. <laughs> and and, uh, and so, I mean, I and it was just a fantastic, magical moment and stuff. And so um, that kind of won their hearts. And so we've uh, uh, so I, they, they had me on for a few few baseball in fact we just were on with uh, Jer jeremy affelt who was a three-time winner with san francisco uh giants and yeah. uh yeah he what he's he owns a, a brewery here in bernie which is not too far away yeah and i saw him on a tv show sent him an instagram message and he said hell yeah i'll be on the show so he actually had just started a podcast too episode seven but uh, anyway it's a lot of fun um you know, I think uh, maybe this weekend or the next weekend, I, I was co-hosting. It was with Meathead, so mm -hmm. Meathead was was on their show again and stuff. And so um, it's it's good. I get to open the, the open the show with the first question and the last question as the guest host, and it's been kind of it's been just a lot of fun. So I'm on there usually once or twice a month. Dude, that's badass. Yeah, that's I awesome. could tell you my my least favorite baseball moment um, involved Albert Albert Pujols. And that oh, was, no. that was the, uh, of course I'm an Astros fan, uh, being here in the Houston area, uh, when he destroyed, uh, <laughs> Brad Lidge and just, I, he hit this home run that I don't even think it landed. I don't think it still landed, <laughs> but I think he ended up just ruining Brad Lidge's career up to that point. The guy was, they called him lights out. He would just, and then he, Oh really? That was a turning point for him. You think he could not get it back together. Hmm. No kidding. Oh, yep. <laughs> I have to look into that. That's yep. very interesting. Yep. That's very interesting. So, so yeah. I, I, no, I like it. Never was a fan of the the, the St. Louis Cardinals. I guess uh, the Astros, uh, I guess back in the day, were in the same division with the, the Cardinals and Cubs. Am I remembering that correctly? Or was it uh, 
I don't remember him being in this in the same division. I actually stopped watching baseball for for a period of 10 15 years after the strike and stuff and then got back into it for fantasy. Okay. So I, I probably misremembering, but uh Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but uh yeah, in fact, you know, we were a little late tonight. I actually picked up this this new pitcher that that just started pitching today and and he did real, he pitched against the Cubs and did pretty well, but but uh, anyway, so I was all excited like, "Oh, this is great. I'm glad that they were there's a delay." <laughs> name's mason miller and i picked him up off the waiver wire so i can't wait to to piss some people off so Hell yeah. but, uh, <laughs> that's what fantasy sports is all about pissing somebody off <laughs> oh yeah getting the guy before the other before another competitor does so absolutely so yeah we've been yeah we've been doing it for a long time have a live draft and stuff so well i'm sorry i'm sorry this is going to come out of left field so much but i i have to ask you this question because when i when i saw this it was like just very bizarre sounding to me. Somebody had asked you what the strangest thing I think you had ever cooked was or had. And you had oh, mentioned, I, yeah. do you know what I'm going to say? Crawfish. The crawfish cheesecake. Yeah. The craw. <laughs> yeah. It's in a, a hot, it's a savory dish. Yeah. So it's a, it's a hot, it's a, like a dip. And, okay. and we had, uh, we had had it at a restaurant here in, in the San Antonio area. And so we started delving in and stuff. And so my wife, came up with several renditions of it and it's a pretty strange dish uh just from the standpoint you know because it's it's like a cheesecake but it's hot and yeah. you know it has the crawfish in there mm. and you know has a you know the seafood taste to it and everything mm. so i just imagine yeah, it's, it, a, it's, yeah, it could be good but trying to like wrap your mind around eating that you yeah know, like you know what i mean it's it's <laughs> Not something I'd ever would have thought of, you know, especially a cheesecake being hot. So yeah, it's but it's 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 a savory dip, and uh, you know that that you, that you can serve. So you don't eat it like it, you know you wouldn't be a dessert. It'd be more like an appetizer that you serve at the beginning of the meal. So yeah. yes, yeah, I, yeah. I've I've been at, at actually uh, one of my old high school buddies messaged me one time and wanted the recipe, and I'm like, oh, okay, let me dig it up, and so I I, I sent it to her. Um, and, uh, cause that's one of the things I keep a journal and if it's, if the, in, if the recipe's interesting, I, I, I file it away and keep it, keep it for later use at, at some point in time. So, okay. Well, I but, take it. You're uh, not yeah. serving that in the open category at these barbecue competitions though. No, <laughs> no, that hasn't, hasn't come up as one of the ones I want to serve as, as, as the open category. Now y'all did real well at the Austin open, uh, in the open yeah, category, right? Did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it? 12th or something? Oh, the yeah. uh, brisket or the uh, beef rib mac and cheese. Yeah, beef rib yeah, mac yeah. and cheese, mm-hmm. yeah. That sounds yeah. very interesting. Yeah, so, it was, yeah. It was pretty legit. So, yeah, because I, I served steak and ma- as, uh, mac and cheese at the Houston and got like 20-something and stuff. But, uh, um, yeah, that's that sounds good. The uh, uh, Yeah, and I think we beef, definitely, beef rib. We yeah. definitely get some style points, I think, whenever they open that up and there's a big old, you know, bone in, you know, beef Oh, I, I, I love that. I, I'm telling you right now, I may steal that. That was a great, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. No, I, that's a great idea. I know your wife, uh, Jen, she used to throw down the, the, what is it, the steak and the Hasselback potatoes? Yeah, that's actually what we got uh, first. You know, and that's something, you know, that I don't know how people consider their world championships you know so you know some people say they've got you know i know one person says they've seven world championships but just because you get first place in a category i'm not sure that that designates as a world championship as compared to like when we won the houston rodeo so right when you're the overall grand champion so um but we got we got 
you know, uh, a first place at the Jack Daniels, you cooking just prime ribeyes. And we only did it because it was easy and simple. And, and then my wife did the Hasselback potatoes. And so we served those. We, we went to the, she went to the dollar store on the way to the Jack and picked up the dollar platters, you know, a silver one and a, and a, and a, and a, and a gold one. Yeah. And that's what we decorated. And we actually, we would have had a perfect score, but we rent, we, we used, that was our last one to decorate and we were running out of stuff. And so it wasn't the, you know, the, the, the grass wasn't as pretty as it probably could have been. And we got one, it was dinged on one uh, appearance score. Um, uh, got an eight instead of a nine. Otherwise we would have had a perfect score, but, uh, yeah, they, they were some of the best ones that the best ribeyes that ever cooked and stuff at the, at the time. But yeah, the Hasselback potatoes. So that was just kind of a Texas thing. And we did it. In fact, they called our name three times before we realized that we had actually won <laughs> because we weren't even paying, we weren't even paying attention. We're like, Oh, wow. Well, you know, yeah, Myron's been called you know, and other people. So, but, uh, yeah, so we got a first place at that. And then, um, I got a first place at the Royal cooking with Danielle one year when she asked me to help her cook. Uh, so we got a first in, in uh, potato and then I think we tied for first in, in uh, sausage. So, but, uh, but I still, just, you know, I just still say one world championship, not three or four, whatever. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you think I'm, I'm coming at the questions. Where, where do you think people go wrong with steaks when they're doing these competitions? I, I know SCA, I, I don't know if you, uh, how many SCA, competitions you have under your belt i know we've not judged but when we went to the american royal uh kel phelps with the barbecue news magazine uh, was oh yeah uh, kind enough to let us go behind the scenes of the 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 sea competition that they were doing there and we got to try like about 20 turn-ins uh after they were already judged uh, a lot of okay. great a lot, lot of great stakes and that was kind of a really good um eye-opening event for us because you got to taste all the steaks. Definitely a lot of just very just umami flavor, a lot of soy, a lot of um, Worcestershire, a lot of butter, like a lot of uh, mm -hmm. some that oh, they all do use a lot of butter. Yes, a lot exactly. Of, but sometimes to... some of them taste like just artificial butter and some just taste like, okay, maybe that's like, that's real butter or whatever. Uh, we had some good ones and we had some bad ones. We had some ones that are like, I don't even know what that flavor is. Uh, but any any input any insight on doing a uh, steak? I I actually have a curiosity on SCA, but mm. but uh, I haven't actually cooked one, and the reason is is I am and I'm long known for this. I'm anti grill marks. I'm mm. like you know I I want an all over sear, and you know I, that's just not popular in the SCA mm -hmm. right. the SCA world. So. Um, I, I like, you know, and that's where you get the Maillard effect and, you know, and, and actually when you're, when you put those grill marks on, you're actually burning the meat fibers so that they actually can't retain, you know, uh, water, you know, so you're actually burning them to a crisp when you do that and, the, and they don't have the flavor that you really want. So, um, yeah, it's that, that's just a different world. Now I will use, there is a, a, a meat tenderizer that I use for the, from the SCA world. If you've uh, listened to, uh, you know, Rusty Monson at the Pitmaster podcast and, and, uh, mm -hmm. Anthony Lujan, they do, uh, they probably cover the most on the SCA, you know, cooks and having people in on, on their show and stuff. And so, um, I've listened to a lot of their, you know, the methods and things like that, that they do. So, uh, it's just, uh, I don't, I don't, it's appealing. Cause you know, you don't have to be there for 
36, 48 hours sort of thing. And, you know, you're in and out and you can take, you know, your pickup truck and, you know, put a grill in the back. And, you know, so that actually is very appealing, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I just haven't, I've got too many things going on that I haven't dipped my toe into that, you know, cause if I dip my toe, I'm, I'm going to, you know, try to, try to win, win something and, right. and, and I'll devote, I'll right. devote too much time to assassin. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right, right now I'm only doing about four or five contests a year. Cause I've, I've upped the number of events and things that I'm, that I do. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so anyway, so yeah, that, that's taken the place of doing a bunch of contests. So like next week I'm going to Kansas. So, okay. Uh, the tenderizer that you're, uh, uh referenced earlier, was it the wicked pig? I, I keep, yes, uh, that okay. stuff is amazing. It, that I, stuff I, is amazing. I, I got it at the house. I've experimented with the, with it once. Uh, I need to play around with it a little bit more, but yes, it, it is. Don't really do it good. longer than t- 20 minutes, Yeah, but that, that stuff is good. Mm-hmm. That stuff is real good. Hmm. All right. This sounds awesome. Oh, uh, before we uh, before we cut you loose, uh, and I don't remember if I talked to you about this before or not. Do you have maybe like one or two tips that we can give the listeners uh, so for ribs? This is you know we're, we're sort of wrapping up this rib series, uh, and if we could give one or two uh, tips from from D Doug Shiting, uh, road cookers, uh, to the listeners, that would be amazing. Well, you know, I, I talked about the weight, uh, you know, make sure you, 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 you're always cooking the same weight of rib. So, you know, I'm, Do I'm a three, seven, five. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I'm only, you know, I cook, uh, I think one of the podcasts y'all, y'all went through kind of the number of racks to cook and stuff like that. So I cook four racks of rib and I may pull, I try to pull only from two, um, but sometimes I may pull from three, but, uh, yeah, so thickness of, of, of the rib is, is certainly one thing. Um, I'll tell you, you probably have never heard of someone doing this, but I, uh, I cut my ribs with an electric knife. Hmm. And the reason I do that is because sometimes when you cut with, a, with just a knife, sometimes it pulls on the meat and then sometimes you get the little, uh, strands, mm-hmm. you know, that looks like rice you know, that kind of pop up and then you have to use the tweezers to get that off and stuff. But I just, I just cut cut my my ribs with the electric knife and you, you know, you can, when you first start out, you can use a toothpick to kind of see which way the bones go. But uh, now I don't, I, and and again, meet, meet up. Don't put, don't flip your, your uh, ribs over, meet down and cut from the other side because then you're jacking with your, your, uh, your, your meat bark Mm -hmm. that, that you have that, you know, as we talked about. So, cut meat up learn how to cut meat up use a toothpick if you need to if the, if the bones are crooked and uh, and and try doing it with an electric knife so and I, you know some of those you know you it, with the electric knife it's actually pretty easy too to to do a little bit of cadillac cuts on those on some of those ribs hmm. love that that's what i'm talking about these are the tips the yes. deep knowledge yes <laughs> yes we appreciate you doug oh absolutely Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for asking me again. Is I think this is my third time, right? This yes, is not, I, I was, three? we were just talking about this. I'm pretty sure you're the only person we've had on three times this far. Oh, uh, fantastic. Yes, yes. Thank you. You're so, leading the pack. Uh, he is, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, know, I appreciate it. I know so. Jan, uh, Love talk- Jan's not here today. Uh, he had a work uh, obligation. Uh, and, and 
I'll be honest. I think Jan just probably is out there drinking a little beer. He he had oh, a little, he's drunk. He had a little work <laughs> cook uh, where they he's in sales, and so they had him come out, and I think he had to cook some boudin and some wings and stuff like that. He just threw down on the grill, more of a kind of a socialized work event, bringing customers in. But he's like, I, I'm not gonna be able to make the podcast, guys. So I was like, hey, no big deal. We'll uh, we'll fly solo without you. But uh, he sends his uh, best regards. Uh, hopefully. Um, We'll have you back yeah. on soon again because I know Jan's got a ton of questions for you. Yeah, he was yeah, a little bummed when I told him that Doug was coming on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I, I uh, yeah, you know, that's one of the things, you know, y'all always taste all these beers and everything. So mm-hmm. I got one question for y'all. Yeah. Why in the hell is Coors Light your beer of choice to go to <laughs> when you have all these beers that you taste? And, you know, I think Alex is what? Uh, Michelob Ultra, right, you know, right. so he, he probably has to put his skirt on, you know, when he's drinking <laughs> his Michelob Ultra. Yeah. And I, you know, I hate to talk you had about him if he's not here, but and then all of y'all are like Coors Light, except uh, I think Matt, saying, you're saying now Arnold, so yeah. right, yeah, lawnmower. So oh yeah, um, yeah. I find <laughs> if, if me up. I I love I love the craft beers, and if if I'm gonna have just one at the house or maybe two at the house. It's typically always craft beer. I'll, I'll get St. Arnold's or I'll get some one yeah. of these other beers. But if I'm gonna know, if I know I'm gonna have more than that, and I'm we're we're, we're cranking them back at the podcast or whatever, I cannot go with those high alcohol content beers. <laughs> I gotta go with low cal. Uh, low cal, low, low cal, <laughs> low, low cal. alcohol. <laughs> you uh, get your keep your girlish figures. Yeah. I got it. Stay so hydrated. Stay you hydrated. Know. Yeah, yeah. Try, try the Twisted X uh, Pitmaster beer. That's the one that's lower alcohol. If you've had that, I have had that. that. Yeah. yeah, I have had that. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's really it's, good. It's 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 built. Uh, the guy is the owner's name is Hunter. Uh, they're in Dripping Springs, and he yep. he uh, designed it to, for barbecue cooking. And <laughs> oh, wow. you know, being yeah, he's so he he come out. He's good buddies with Jay Tenney. And in fact, he was at the San Antonio Rodeo unveiling his Pitmaster beer that you could drink all day. And then the next morning, you know, he swore he went to bed at 11. And I'm like, Hunter, you fell off the the RV at midnight and I helped you up. And we (laughs) stayed up till two drinking your Pitmaster beer. (laughs) (laughs) So there is a point of no return, even with Pitmaster lower alcohol beer, as as proven on the first night of the release of the beer. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, so yeah, y'all need to change the Coors Light. We need to read something else. Hey, we're always in a search for a sponsor for the podcast. Maybe we need to reach out to (laughs) Twisted X and see if they want to sponsor the podcast with well, the uh, pitmaster brew we did just yes. pick up a sponsor uh, sponsor a uh, partner curveball whiskey here barbecue whiskey i don't know if you've tried that if you haven't i'll have to send you some but oh no no uh, no no i love bourbon and whiskey it, it could make for some some saucy episodes i think because uh, <laughs> that's what i've been drinking tonight and i'm feeling good yeah. feeling yeah. real good yeah exactly so all right guys well Doug, we i'm a, it i always. like fireman's four and hefeweizen so that's kind of my my beers but uh okay anyway we can talk more about that later but yep. i appreciate you having me on and maybe that'll be episode four we can talk a little beer i, I think the next episode is going to be about beer let's go a whole beer episode yes. yeah, yeah like this <laughs> bourbon and beer let's go okay now we're talking now we're talking yeah bourbon yeah bourbon is uh yeah, my neighbor's gotten me into bourbon, so yeah, uh, Alex a lot is, more than Alex is a huge uh, bourbon drinker, so he's got a whole just closet full of stuff that he never even touches. I'm like, what about that? No, we're saving that. I'm like, 
Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've got, I, I've got a couple of bottles of Pappy actually that I bought years ago. Yeah. So, uh, and I've got a neighbor that's a, that's a bourbon fanatic and he keeps trying cause apparently it's more valuable cause it has the original price tag on it, like oh. 39 95 or something like that. Oh yeah. He's, oh yeah. As soon as it, and you look at the bottom of the bourbon. Yeah. He's, he's a fanatic. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to be that, that level, but, uh, all right guys, I thanks so much uh, for having me on. It I appreciate so it. Always a great time. Yes, sir. thank you. Have Take care, bud. You bet. Uh, Always freaking fun having Doug on. That dude is a pleasure to talk to every single time, even when he uses big words that I don't know what he's what he's saying. Uh, yeah, so well, I mean, fun. Doug Doug's so knowledgeable, and he he's he's done it all. Uh, he's been to all the competitions. He's won a lot. Uh, he's part of the uh, the pro ambassador teams, uh, whether it's E three meet or Traeger or a head country. Um, super knowledgeable guy. Uh, we, we enjoy having him. He's charismatic, uh, very enthusiastic, and he loves the, the, the craft of barbecue and his passion show. So it's freaking always awesome having that guy on. He's pretty open, right? With sharing his knowledge and whatever. I mean, he's not giving out all the secrets, but he's giving out some of the secrets, which is, which is good. Um, what do you got for us, Matt? Well, first of all, I think we need to cue in the grab and the brisket. Beer review. Now, yeah. it's funny that Doug was giving us a hard time about drinking Coors Light and all these light beers and everything. Yeah. What do you think about that, Doug? <laughs> I got a craft beer, <laughs> light beer. <laughs> Boom. So this now is what, from uh, New Magnolia <laughs> Brewing Company. And this is the Heights Light Lager. And they say here it's a silver award winner from last year. Yeah. Isn't this from the uh, American Beer Festival? Didn't they win... Silver out there? Sure. Let's go with yes. But what I like about what I want to get this is because we've interviewed some uh, brewmasters before, and they've mentioned that like the light beer is one of the hardest ones to do. Yeah. yeah. They, they mentioned like IPAs and stuff like that. It's actually kind of easy, and that's why you see so many of them in the craft brew world. But light beers are pretty difficult, so hmm. thought we'd uh, try out a light the, beer. The yeah. flavor will reflect that. Where were these guys out of? Um, I not Magnolia. Sure. Magn- These aren't the people that uh, were trying to go set up a uh, thing at their brewery, is it? Uh, it's actually Houston. It's Houston. So. Houston, what, Texas. What was the one that uh, Denny uh, was talking about? No, oh, we did a we did a review. Um, I'm not going to remember the name okay. off the top of my head. I want to say it. It was like Magnolia something, but I could be wrong. Uh. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think you're wrong. I don't remember what it was called, but okay. Don't judge it because my old fridge in the garage is uh, not quite cold enough. But we're gonna judge Keep it, that buddy. in mind. We Keep are gonna mind. judge it. Hmm. It's not what I expected it to taste like. Light lager. When I when I hear light lager, I think of it's gonna be like a Coors Light kind of beer. This right. is pretty and damn light. It's not light. like that. No, it is light. It's not Coors Light. It's, I'm definitely getting some other kind of flavors on it's there. Lighter it's than Coors Light. It's got that. <laughs> um, it all. It kind of reminds me of that. Did you ever have that Aikman beer, the Eight? Oh yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Mm, not good. <laughs> not good. It's not good. It's very. Uh, yeah. It tastes like I remember beer smelling when I was like seven. <laughs> like, wow. What okay. Is that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some kind of. Uh, it tastes like um, back in flavor. I can't describe. Are we sure this wasn't? It's not like rebranded. Uh, 
Bud Light or something like that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you gotta sell the, it somehow. I'm trying to look at the date on it. Like, how old is this? How long has it been on the shelf? Honestly, it's not awful. It's, yeah, it's, it's not really terrible. not. It's not terrible, but it does have a weird little. I don't know what it is. Would maybe. you ever get this over any other light beer? No. Any other light? Any beer? other light beer? Yeah, maybe, maybe some other light beer that I haven't <laughs> tried yet. I don't know. I would take Montucky over this. I love Montucky, so yeah, I would too. But and to keep in mind, this is the 2022 mm-hmm. Silver. Beer Festival Award winner. Maybe it feels colder. Maybe it just needs to be a lot colder. Maybe it shouldn't be room temp, Matt. <laughs> so not room temp, but... you in charge of beer one time. Yeah. <laughs> Matt just pulled this out of his trunk. He was like, here you go, guys. <laughs> yeah. I asked him to bring the beer. He'll, he'll never ask me to bring the beer again. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been in there for at least like four to five hours. Yeah. So it should have got cold enough, but I don't know. We had we had a guy back in our old hometown of Strawn, Texas. Uh, it could have been Mingus, Texas, but uh, this dude would roll around with the case of Pearl, Pearl Light. <laughs> what, in the Lord? trunk? In the trunk of his <laughs> <Yeah>. car. <laughs> and there there were just no, like, hey, I can't remember his name. I, oh, shit, I talked to my uncle, whatever. But Bobby? Hey, do you want to put that on ice? He's like, nope. And just literally just go <laughs> nope. to the trunk, just warm beer, just like, boom. That's disgusting. Mm. All right. Hey, it's 4% and <laughs> 9 IBUs. You're not helping sell it if that's what you're trying to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm just letting you know what it is. It's less alcohol and more bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is not the worst thing I've ever tasted. It's not It's not bad. It's Okay. Well, since you said that, you go first. What are you grading it? The more I drink it, the more I tolerate it. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling, too. Yeah, it's not that bad. But I feel like this probably costs quite a bit more than a Coors Light. Uh, I think it's a it's a tall boy four pack, and I think it was just under ten dollars. Yeah, see, uh, you can get a lot more Coors Light for that price. <laughs> yeah. and I don't think it tastes that much different than any other light beer. You're you're probably right there. So they probably got the award because wow, how'd you make it taste like a light beer? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's so middle of the road for me. I'm gonna give it a Five point one. Mm, wow, man. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. a fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's solid three point five for me. Whoa, oh, man! You no, really don't I like don't, it. I don't like no, it. No, if all. this were cold and you had it in your cooler, I would drink it. Again, I'm not buying it because I think it probably costs too much for what it is. But if it were cold in there, I would drink it. It's fine. It's just it tastes like a light beer. I'm giving it a couple extra marks because the more I drink it, the more I'm liking it, and I don't want to hit it too hard for not being cold enough. I'm giving it five seven. Okay. That's fair. I think that's like, fair. I'm, the extra can I have is not going in the trash. I'm still going to drink no, it. No, I think it's, it's, <laughs> you know it's I mean? totally a drinkable it's, beer. It's a middle of the road, you know, kind of. Yeah, I think two of us are being very fair with our score. I think two of us are, yeah. 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 <laughs> I know I'm included with the, the right crowd here. And if Jan was here with this, he'd be like, no. Yeah, we would have lost him at 4%, I think. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have got over a 4. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, but I just, it it's very just kind of bitter. It's not bad for a warm beer, right? <laughs> for warm beer. Yeah. I just, no, I can't get behind it. Okay. Uh, first of all, the labeling is just shit. Like, <laughs> that is true. You don't like I'm the, sorry. yeah. I mean, it is kind of just pretty mediocre. Just give me something. Like, give me some monkeys with knives fighting each other. We're, we're too spoiled from the uh, Martin <laughs> right. House beers. There's just exactly. a lot of open space on this. Yeah. Right. Like, you could have done something over here. Or over here, down here. There's like just a lot I'll be of room. Honest, part of me picking this was I'm just determined to not get a Martin House beer for right. variety's sake. Well, I hope right. you learned your lesson. 
<laughs> Matt's over here feeding us like non-alcoholic beer. That's why it's all tastes all jacked up. I have actually thought about doing that, bringing, <laughs> bringing in no duels or something. See what you and but not tell y'all. Just like see what y'all thought. Oh, it's fucking awesome. It's fucking. Great. I've never had non-alcoholic beer in my life. Never I'm, tried it. I'm pretty sure I've tasted my uncle's. He used to drink O'Doul's all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. O'Doul rules. <laughs> well, O'Doyle. this exciting <laughs> beer ends the grab the brisket. Beer, beer review. review. It's kind of weird with just the three of us doing yeah. that. I think I'm going to go ahead and switch back to our new partner, uh, Curveball Whiskey, at this point. So, oh, I see. Because uh, it tastes better. Because <laughs> it tastes yeah. better. <laughs> Anyways, uh, better than what? Better what than we just drink. this stuff. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, that's the beer review. Uh, we've already did the. Uh, that's the mail, motherfuckers. Um, what's you're, next? You're supposed to cue me in for the barbecue fail. Next up, we've got the Sackle Busters barbecue win, barbecue fail, and this is a a letter. I think they wrote in a letter. Uh, the a handwritten letter. Handwritten letter oh, uh, with stamps and everything. Dude, that if you'll awesome. buy that, <laughs> no, they sent us a message somewhere on one of our one of our media. Yes, one of our media things that you can access by going it to may www. www.grabthebrisket.com. Yes, yeah, yes, grabthebrisket.com. Go there, send us your info. Don't no, send us your info. Send us your questions. Yeah, send us your send info. Us, <laughs> send us send your. Info. We need your, to know your dog, your your family, <laughs> your like your early your mother's maiden name, dog pet name. <laughs> And what your street best you grew up on? Your, your street name. <laughs> it's fine. It's for science. Uh, okay. All right. This is from Chad Klontz. He uh, wrote this into us. I, don't, I haven't read this yet. I don't know if it's going to be a win or a fail. I'm going to learn along with you. Sometimes I wish you would read these ahead of time. It would be easier for you to read, but go for it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a little bit different. It's about a two and a half day process. I watched a video of, of a guy using beef consomme as an injection. So I figured, why not try it? This was a 15-bound prime brisket from Sam's Club, uh, trimmed down. Uh, I layered it in a pan, uh, then injected one can of beef consomme into it, then let it set in the fridge overnight. Next, let the consomme be the binder. Season time, which uh, who picked the chupacabra on both sides and Killer Hog's brisket rub on top for some added pepper. So drinking and texting is like drinking and driving. Not good. To finish the brisket cook, I let the seasoning set for six hours or so in the fridge. Then off to the pit, uh, which was the BFG 2500 Rectech at 200 internal temp, uh, 165. Wrap until 204, and then rest. Uh, the rest was money, so the family said. This is brought to you by Jack Daniels Triple Mash, 100%. Get you right. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. So what he's saying is uh, he was drunk while he, he was drunk. texting us. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> So I will say, Chad, help me out with your uh, grammar a little bit. I'm trying very hard to read these broken up sentences. That was clearly that you might have also been drinking as he texts this to us. I think that's what he's saying. Beer and and texting is like beer and driving, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I was, I was doing my best. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember. hmm, Now I'm wondering if he had sent us like pictures or videos or something. If you did, I don't remember seeing them. So send them, and I will. I'll. I'll share them in a future episode, but mm-hmm. sounds like he made a winner. This sounds like a, a winner, winner, chicken dinner. I guess. Yeah. He said, yeah. didn't that what he, didn't he say it was all good from there or something? It sounds like he, it sounds like it came out fantastic. Well, he said the family said it was money. Okay. That means oh, okay. it's good. Yeah. So that's a win. Win, yeah. win. 
what do they win? Um, secondary more? Okay. Uh, first, um, the family won because they got awesome freaking food. Mm-hmm. He won because he got like shit faced. <laughs> and he won again because he's going to win a free bottle of Suckle Busters rub. Suckle Busters, Suckle Busters. Everybody wins some Suckle Busters. Hey, I like that. He did a nice job filling yeah. in. I mean, it's not quite Jan, but it's still yeah. pretty good. Maybe a little more. Yeah, a little, more, little, little el- elbow movement, loose shoulders, up a little bit in the hips. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you did good though. That was Thank great. You, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chad, you said Chad. Chad, congratulations, Chad, Chad. Let us know what rub you want. We recommend Chicks of Smoke because it's fantastic. But Suckle Busters does have a lot of amazing rubs. Just let us know which one you want. And if you want to get a free rub from Suckle Busters, send us your barbecue win, your barbecue fail, uh, and you can send it on any of our social medias, or you can send it through our. Um, Hotline number 434-829-2299. Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. Glad to help you out there, John. Yeah. Or grabthebrisket.com. We appreciate it. Yeah. As always, uh, guys, I don't even know what we're going to talk about next week, but <laughs> I know it's going to be fun and it's, we're going to get drunk doing it. Uh, <laughs> as always, it's been fun talking barbecue with you guys. Peace. Thanks, everybody. We've been great. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. We'd like to give a special thanks to Suckle Busters Barbecue Rubs and Sauces, Bonner's Fiesta Spices, Cooley Nation Custom Koozies, Cambro Manufacturing, Yeti Coolers, The Smoke Sheep Barbecue Newsletter, and Dow Strong Knives. We definitely appreciate your support.